Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Wild-Smith. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing with you some of my podcasts that have made the list of being the best of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction. Now, whether this is your first time hearing the podcast or you remember it from before, I pray that it will provide help and encouragement to you in your life. This week, I have been covering the importance of how we process our feelings and to try not to allow them to overwhelm us in different situations that we go through. More importantly, it should be God guiding us on how we are to handle things responsibly, especially if our emotions get the best of us. Now today, I am going to discuss a new seed that the enemy plants into you, especially when you are operating in your emotions. And this seed is called the seed of anger. So let's go ahead and define anger. Now, anger means a strong feeling of displeasure, fury. It also means irritation. Now, the scripture that I reference when dealing with anger is Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22, which says, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. Now, that particular scripture, actually, that I just read comes from the King James Version. But I also like how the NIV actually shares it. And it says, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. So I think that one kind of just really gives you a deeper understanding of what that particular scripture says. Now, when you look at the scripture uh, that I actually just used, it is obvious that anger cannot create anything good from it, which is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He is wanting you to feel this emotion as much as possible so that it won't allow any positive feelings from taking place within you. So let's go ahead and ponder on a few things. Now, when things are going right in your life, such as your job is good, the family is great, relationships are extremely good, and your life is just wonderful. You feel happy and content and at peace with things. Now, of course, those happy feelings for you are unhappy feelings for the enemy because he would want nothing more than for your life to be in chaos, which becomes his next goal for you. Now, he starts to plan his destruction, and out of nowhere, something tragic can happen to you. So, you may say, you know, how can this even happen? These are just, like I said, some scenarios. Maybe you are in a marriage, or maybe even just a long-term relationship, and then you just find out of nowhere that your spouse or your mate has been unfaithful. Or maybe you have been working on your job for years and years. It could be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And then management says that they are making major cuts and are laying off employees and you were actually selected to be laid off. Now, you didn't see any of that coming, but one thing is definitely for sure. 
The enemy has gotten your undivided attention to get you to stop thinking of how wonderful your life is or has become and to now put that focus on the hurt or the uncomfortableness or maybe just, you know, that discontent that you may feel that has come upon you. Now, the enemy has gotten your attention so well that he tries to make sure that you stay consumed with the stressful events that have now taken place in your life. He wants to make sure that the thoughts and the actions and even conversations that you have with other people are now only focusing on the stress and the heartache or even the pain that you are experiencing. As time goes on, you don't even know how to process the information. One minute you are upset and an emotional wreck. And then the next minute you are just extremely angry and maybe even ready to go fight somebody. You ask the questions that I have even listed on the top of page 87 if you're following along in the book. And I'm going to even share these questions with you. So the first question is, you may ask, why did this have to happen to me? Why did this have to happen to me now? Why did God allow this to happen? Question four says, what should I do? And then the last question is, how am I going to handle all of this by myself? Now, it is these questions that start to consume you. Because when you are in a traumatic situation, you not only want answers to these questions, but you also want them resolved immediately. You don't want to have to feel the pain from it. Now, although these things may have come at you unexpectedly, they are never a surprise to God. Now, of course, it may even make you question number three that I had mentioned, which said, why did God allow this to happen? Now, in your questioning, you do want immediate answers. And sometimes it is very hard if you don't get the answers that you need from him. Now, if that happens to you, try your best not to blame God on the situation that happened, even though it may look hopeless to you. I can assure you that God is working things out behind the scenes if they haven't materialized for you front and center. Now, you must keep seeking God so that you can know how to handle the situation and so that you can have some peace within it also. So let me just ask you, has something like this ever happened to you? Have you ever gone through a traumatic event that came out of nowhere and left you feeling hurt or maybe heartbroken or maybe even defeated? If so, take it slow and allow yourself to get through the day with the Holy Spirit guiding you. I can't say that I know what you may be feeling because I don't. I may not be walking in your shoes, but I can understand it in a sense to know what it is like to be hurt and to be heartbroken and even feel defeated. Everyone processes it differently. So allow yourself to feel the emotions that have made you feel this way and trust God completely in the process of healing. So let's now go ahead and see how things were taking place with Moses and the children of Israel. So in Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 12, it says, Then they left Elam and journeyed into the Sin Desert between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there a month after leaving Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel spoke bitterly against Moses and Aaron. 
Oh, that we were back in Egypt, they moaned. It would have been better if the Lord had killed us there. At least there we had plenty to eat. But now you have brought us into this desert to starve us to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. The people can go out each day and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether they follow my instructions. Tell them to pick up twice as much as usual on the sixth day of each week. Then Moses and Aaron called a meeting of all the people of Israel and told them, In the evening you will realize that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glorious presence of the Lord. He has heard your complaints, which are against the Lord and not against us. The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, say this to the entire community of Israel. Come into the Lord's presence and hear his reply to your complaints. And as Aaron spoke to the people, they looked out toward the desert. Within the guiding cloud, they could see the awesome glory of the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the people's complaints. Now tell them in the evening, you will have meat to eat. And in the morning, you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. And again, that comes from Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 12. Now, it was amazing to see how quickly the children of Israel had forgotten things. Even though they had seen how God had performed miraculous events and brought them out of Egypt from the bondage of even slavery, they started complaining because their needs were not being met again. Now, after all they had been through, and trust me, they had been through a lot. Did they really believe that God couldn't give them food to eat? I mean, really, did they really believe that God could not bless them with some food to eat, especially after all that they had been through? Well, that is exactly what it seemed like because they started to complain to Moses and Aaron because they felt that they were the cause of them being hungry and thirsty. They even said that they would have been better if they stayed in Egypt because at least there they had food to eat. That's just really amazing when you think about it. As ungrateful and selfish as they were, it is actually a lesson that each of us can learn from them on. The reason why I say that is because there are times that we may ask God to do something monumental. And when God blesses us with it, we are so overwhelmed and we're excited about it and grateful until we go through something else. And that's a big until. Then selfishness gets in the way and we may even have the nerve to be angry if God doesn't bless us with the next thing we want or maybe even in the time frame we wanted in. Now on page 88, I share with you a list of things that God blesses you with. Now, some of the things 
are things that you may even take for granted, like waking you up in the morning or being blessed with maybe like a new home or a new job or new relationship or things like that. These, of course, are things that you get on a daily basis. Now, you can make an even greater list, of course, than the ones that I've just now shared. Then if there is something else that you really want from God and it doesn't happen, you start to question things. And some may even question him. Now, why does the trust factor come into play that quickly? Why do you feel that you may have to test God to see if that if he is there for you again? Maybe because you have gotten into a mindset that you expect results fast and in a hurry. But more importantly, you don't want to feel the hurt, the discomfort, the pain, or maybe even the patience that may have to exist. Through it all, you must believe that God is still working things out behind the scenes. He will reveal to you his plan at just the right moment if you are willing to wait and to be guided by him. Now think about it. If you tried things your way and you haven't gotten the outcome that you would like, what do you have to lose? Can you wait on God just like you have waited on others to do something for you? Can you trust God more this time instead of putting all your trust in other people? Now, as I end, hopefully and prayerfully, you can put all your trust in God. Unfortunately, if you choose not to do so, the enemy will start to water this next root. And that root is the root of complaining. Now, I do hope that things are progressing well with you for those who are actually working through the workbook and that you are allowing yourself to be free from destructive behaviors that keep surfacing and maybe even resurfacing. So please come back as we continue to see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real-life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email conqueringseedsofdestruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this radio journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.